This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Edutech Guys, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public School, located in Hope. Arkansas, although today we are spread out all over the place. It's going to be awesome. I am David in Ark, and I'm actually coming to you from Prescott, Arkansas. And I'm waiting yeah, for the I'm lag. To you from Hope, Arkansas. <laughs> the lag, man. Yes, exactly. It's like, is he going to jump in? Lag. Is it going to be me? I got to let, hold on. I got to turn the lights off and light some incense in here. Just a second. Oh. Where are you coming from, Greg? Where are you coming from, Greg? Big town of Blevins Big with our Olympic-sized swimming pools and our skyscrapers. I think we have like a total of 345 people in the town. So yeah, big town of Blevins. Well, we do. Our special guest today is Andrea Keller. Um, we actually met um, most likely, if I remember correctly, we actually met through Clark, which as our regular listener knows, um, we, uh, I, I've, I've met a lot of the folks that we've brought in uh, through Clark. Um, but uh, then uh, we uh, connected at uh, one of the pod stocks, and we've been educated buddies ever since. So uh, she's going to be here today, and we're going to talk about uh, connecting classrooms and also going to talk about uh, incorporating technology uh, for multi-ability students in classrooms. So lots of cool stuff. Yeah, let me, let me try to change computers. Okay, we can do that. That's cool. Adapt and overcome. That's right. Monitor and adjust. Andrea's back in. I see she's muted, so I don't know if that's hers or I don't know. I don't know who's, are you back in now? Are you good? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's my oh, hey, and there's no popcorn. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay! Okay, well, so... Let's do popcorn. Sorry. Uh, you know. <laughs> Sadness of the Chromebook. That's sad. The Chromebook does not work. <laughs> well, it does work, just it's not the best connection. Uh, 
But I'm going to have to come steal your base off of your wall. I love it. I've got my bases hanging on the wall, too. But that's... Uh, well, they're not mine. There's the other ones. That's cool. Some Eddie Van Halen guitars in there. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a big Van Halen. Not, I'm sorry, not, not me. However, this one's for sale. <laughs> I see it's a Pink Floyd there. That's freaking It awesome. is Pink Floyd. It's all signed and everything. That's awesome. Holy By Roger Waters himself. Yep. That's cool. And those, those of you listening on Mixler, sorry you cannot see this awesome guitar in a frame with Pink Floyd and autographs and all nine yards. That guitar. Awesome. <laughs> Lots of guitars. Lots of guitars. They're, they're not mine. <laughs> well, cool. We were just talking. We are going to be at AESA next week in New Orleans, and we're pretty excited about it. Um, what else is cool is uh, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, so this is our Thanksgiving show. We're glad to have Andrea on for the Thanksgiving show. I should have had a turkey graphic up there. I'll work on that while we're talking. So. <laughs> we'll just put your picture. But now, oh. that we, now that we've got my... Oh, I see. Now that we've got everything <laughs> sorted out and situated on the show, let's um, let's jump to David. David, give our guest a proper intro from It's a Tech Guys. A proper intro, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. coming to us. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Andrea Keller. Um, you can actually find her online in a couple of places. One, busybmusings.blogspot.com. Also, busybideas.blogspot.com. And you can follow her on Twitter at AKBusyB. And that the B is all spelled out B E E, like a busy B. You know, there you go. Um, so uh, we're going to uh, let Andrea um, reintroduce herself. Um, tell us a little bit about you, um, where, you're, uh, where you're teaching, what you're doing, all that kind of good stuff. Well, I am lucky enough, and I've had off um, the whole week for Thanksgiving break. So this is. I'm kind of, it's kind of nice. I haven't had to work all week. Um, I am in Dallas, Texas, well, Irving, Texas, but I'm originally from Amarillo, Texas. Right now, I'm an instructional technology specialist in an elementary school. So I work with K through five teachers and students. And before that, I was a life teacher, which is living in a functional environment. So students with disabilities, multi, like various disabilities, um, kindergarten through fifth grade. So never a dull moment. Um, and I'm about to start my master's to become a librarian. Cool. Awesome. That and that's cool. why the busy bee, that's my name, <laughs> the busy bee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see, I can see where you earned that or, or gave it to yourself, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, a couple of things that, uh, that um, we're going to talk about. Um, we want to talk about connecting classrooms and connected classrooms. Uh, and then um, later we'll talk about uh, multi-ability students in classrooms, which um, sounds like it kind of even ties into what you were doing uh, under life. So that's that's I think that'll be very cool. Um, I, I I don't know how much you've uh, listened to any of the previous shows, but um, basically um, what we'll do is we'll, probably, we'll talk about connected classrooms for a little while, and then we'll take a uh, a little musical interlude. I think Jeff actually has a, a new group we're going to be listening today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong about that. We'll we'll monitor and adjust. And then after uh, music, then we'll come back for the second half of the show. So <laughs> we definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, your your week off to join us here today. Um, and so uh, 
I guess jumping into connected classrooms, um, generally speaking, what are some of the things that schools, when, when you're working with schools, what are some of the things that they want to know before they get going? Um, or, or as you're in, in, the, in those very early stages, like even when you're, for lack of a better word, defining what is connected classroom, what are, what are they looking for? Um, I think one of the big things they're looking for is to know that it's okay that it, if it messes up, because just like technology, just like today, technology is going to possibly mess up. And so that is the biggest fear for teachers. They're like, oh my gosh, what if it messes up? It's not perfect. Cause you know, life is perfect, right? All the time. Yeah, all <laughs> like, the time. Exactly. So I think one of the biggest things is, and also, um, you know, we're a big testing society right now. So they teachers want to give those opportunities and they're like, how in the world can I fit this into my schedule? Because I have to, well, in Texas, it, we're the TEKS, um, Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. So we're not Common Core because we're in Texas. Anyway, um, right. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with any, <laughs> anything like that. But um, so that's one thing that teachers, they look at, they're like, how am I supposed to fit this in? And how does this fall along with my TEKS? But if you start okay. really connecting those classrooms, they're like, oh my gosh, my kids just learned geography. They actually might know where that state is now because they talked to somebody in it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it really is, it is the, it's the fear and the time that I've noticed the most with, with teachers um, in connecting classrooms. And I think, too, that they think connecting classrooms is that it has to be a video conference or it has to be a mystery Skype when there's so many other ways. I mean, we had pen pals forever, and that was fine. So... Yeah. Why is that not okay to connect classrooms anymore? You know, I think they just see that really big overdeal and they're like, I can't do it because it's too much. And in reality, it's not that much at all. <laughs> yeah. You break it down to kind of relieve some of those fears uh, from exactly. the teacher. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because when I do start talking to teachers, I'm like, you know what you need to do first? You need to find that teacher across the hall that you're already friends with. And that's who you video conference with, or that's who you try it with. And they're like, but it's just across the hall. Yes. And so that way you can practice. Because <laughs> exactly. good. <laughs> yes. yes, it is across the hall. Let's start with that. <laughs> exactly. So you can see what's going to happen with the Skype or what's going to happen with the Google Docs or the Google Hangouts. So that's a very great way to start that teacher across the hall that you're already friends with. And they won't judge you too much because they're both trying. So that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. That's well, that's the, you know, and that's, that's really the key thing. I mean, that's like, like what happened today, like what happened a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, things are going to go wrong, but you just get in there and you try it anyway and exactly. see what happens. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, eh, then, you know, monitor and adjust or, you know, find some other way to do that or, because then you have the or, you know, worst case scenario, give it up. But <laughs> well, that's what you have to like. I tried it and it didn't work, but they didn't test it out first. They didn't really mm -hmm. do some steps beforehand. So of course it's not gonna work how you want it to. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. So when you're working with the teachers, you, you've kind of gone over some of the basics and, and you're trying to um, tie these into the, the TEKS and, and other standards. I mean, I'm presuming, and, right. and maybe this is, I don't know, right, wrong or indifferent, but you should, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm presuming you actually, you know, you work with folks in all kinds of different places. So they may be Common Core, they may be whatever their local state standards are, whatever they are. 
as you're working with the teachers to help them get connected, um, are there, um, I, I, how, how do I word this? Um, does the um, does the goal of their connection uh, determine what you kind of, I don't want to say push, but direct teachers to you? For example, in some cases, yeah, a Hangout's going to work better, or in other cases, right. uh, a Skype is going to work better, or whatever. So when I first started video conferencing, I'm going to go back to my first years of teaching. I uh, yeah. like to try new things, and especially in my little classroom I had of special needs students. So these students are the ones that didn't necessarily get invited to birthday parties, didn't necessarily get invited to do things outside of school. So I really sure. wanted to push connecting classrooms because this way I could connect my students with other people and other places and break down those four walls and they would have that same opportunity as anybody else would. So I was that teacher who didn't try first. Worst idea ever. <laughs> So, could you just kind of just scream like, "Yeah, I'm here, I'm here," and you try to video it's, it's bad. It's it's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. So, like I said, just when I'm talking with my teachers, especially if they're ones that want to start out to do something, I start small, and that's where I learned, like I said, my class because we used to we used to video conference with Kimberly Wright's classroom. So, we would um, yeah. she would read us a book. She's one of my ed tech friends as well from El Paso. So she would just read she would read us a book. So the first time, so just like we have to teach ourselves good social scenarios, we have to teach our kids that same way too. What's appropriate to do online? Like when you, so we had write. So I wrote social stories for my kids. So when we're in a video conference, you sit, you uh -huh. listen, and you wait your turn. Adult <laughs> me that as well. You sit, you and you wait your turn. Anyway, so um, and that's why I really. So I, and then I had though that once I became an ITS. I can go back and say, guys, I know y'all are saying you can't do this, but let's be real here. My students that have various abilities, autism, mm -hmm. Down syndrome, lots of different things, were totally capable of connecting classrooms. Sure. Yeah, we absolutely. Have any excuse, you know? So I'm able to I'm able to to use that um, in working with teachers. I said too, I start small. Um, maybe this is sharing a book, or maybe just sharing what what projects they did because me classrooms like um there's a lot of good things online like jennifer wagner has one the pumpkin seed project a lot of teachers sign up for it so she connected classrooms well guess what all they did for their video conference is they shared what their pumpkin looked like compared to what the other pumpkin looked like they look kind yeah. of the same but that's okay only took like 10 minutes to do but they were able the, that classroom then was able to map it out where they were who they were talking to i think it's something in wisconsin maybe and they could then they could take that on. So maybe they didn't necessarily get tons of stuff for our teaks inside the video conference. But afterwards, though, they could do a math lesson on how many miles it was away for who they were talking to. They actually could yep. map it out and use it for social studies. Then they could do like a follow up and talk about like the weather and, and doing compare and contrast. So there's lots of different things you can do after a video conference or leading up to connect or not necessarily even a video conference or connecting up to a connected classroom. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's a that's a wonderful example. Um, and, and before um, you know, before uh, Google Hangout became popular and all the other different you know ease of technology that we have now, you know, we were doing interactive, and in fact, some schools still do the, the interactive um, uh, virtual field trips and, mm -hmm. and interactive classrooms, and you know, with all the big expensive equipment and all this stuff, you know, and of course, those days that's what you kind of had to do, right? Um, 
and we connected with uh, several folks and that was that was you you hit the nail on the head you know there was the 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 stuff that you covered before and then yes there's stuff during that may or may not directly apply but then afterward the follow-up you tie it also back in so that's a yeah exactly excellent exactly and there's so many companies these days that will chat with your kids so like if i had a, a group that was working on um like economics whatever well here let's connect you with like i talked to the sphero people last year they're awesome because all you can do oh, is yeah. company all i can do is say no you know right most of the time they want to talk to the kids you know they want that ability to i said sometimes not but you know a no is a lot easier it's so easy to say yes or no yeah yeah well and and like you said and i think if you you know when you present it to folks and of course i'm i'm totally off the cuff here with this but i, I would imagine and you would you can you know you can either you can confirm this or deny it whichever way but my thinking is though if, if you were going to connect with somebody like you said you know you connected with sphero um if i wanted to reach out to you know whoever somebody at microsoft or somebody you know wherever um if as you're working that out and you say hey look we're just going to connect in it's just going to be 10 15 minutes uh you know i'm not going to take up a big chunk of your day uh would you mind talking to the kids about in your case you know like economics talk about you know world war ii whatever it is that you're right. connecting with and whatever they're doing uh, you know they're in they talk about it they're out and really of course as, as we have experienced ourselves on on this show a lot of times you know we'll get somebody in and was like oh yeah you're gonna you know we'll bring in for 10 15 minutes and next thing we know the whole show is gone you know so I, i'm um presuming that it's very similar to that as you're reaching out to folks it is it is and i said and all they can do is say no but that's where i, I tie in those teaks as well so maybe i know that like i said they're working with they want to because that was a toy company that they're, they're creating their own toys or maybe they're trying to create games. Well, I want to look at the big game companies or maybe even not necessarily the big game companies. If I've got connections, I use those connections, I use the Twitters, but if I've got connections in a small company, why of course, of course they're going to want to talk to you because they're a small company. They want to get their name out there. You know? Right. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, you know, these days there's nothing to say that small company that, you know, a handful of, relatively speaking, a handful of people have heard of all of a sudden, you know, Google's buying them for $4 billion. And they're like, where'd these people even come from? And your kids go, oh, we were talking to them. You know, we knew that company exactly. before. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tech wise, uh, what's the biggest tech that you're using right now that's working for you in the classroom to do that right now? What's, what's your big piece? For connecting classrooms so I love the Google Hangout but here's our our little caveat in our district we're a Google Apps for Education district which means that my Google Apps cannot talk to somebody outside of my district so I said so we've had some workarounds I won't if you're if you really want to know my workarounds email me and I'll let you know <laughs> conditions that I'm working. Um, <laughs> um, but also Skype is great because what's nice about Skype is you can actually leave video messages, which is kind of cool. So if you're connecting with that classroom that's in like Kenya or a totally different state, you can leave little video messages. Um, especially if you do mystery Skypes. And the interesting thing about mystery Skypes, make sure like you know I'm in Texas, I might or might not have an accent. 
So when you're doing Mystery Skype, make sure that you take your flags down because in Texas, we're really proud of our flags. So remove the flags from any videos. Also change your little screen name so it doesn't have where you're from next to it and really work on the accent. <laughs> but just a little bit of information that I've learned over time. <laughs> I'm not even sure what you're talking about. <laughs> here, in, here in Arkansas, we have no accent. So. I, I see, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell. <laughs> so Mystery Skype, you know, I've, I've heard about Mystery Skype. Uh, Stoney Evans, who is the media director for Lakeside Public Schools and um, Lakeside Arkansas, uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, he does a lot of that too. Uh, that would be a good one for you to hook up with. I'll have to send you his information. You guys would have a good time talking this stuff. But tell us more about Mystery Skype. I, I don't know what that is, Mystery Guest. So uh, Mystery Skype is pretty much like you're playing 20 questions. Um, there's tons of different blogs out there that tell you exactly how you should have run one. But it's pretty easy going as long as you don't tell where you're from. The kids have to figure it out. Um, but how we've done it is, and actually, too, you can do, also do mystery if you're if you're that kindergarten teacher like my kids can't do mystery Skype, that's cool let's do mystery numbers and yet they have to try to figure out your number it's a great one too to do between classrooms that mutual friend of yours across the hall um but mystery skype though yeah. is you're going to have one or two question askers and then you have people that are um, in the background looking at maps and plotting out where we've already said yes or no to yeah people in the background that are actually typing up questions into google doc as questions are are answered so they can um, follow along with that. Um, but it's really, like I said, it's just really 20 questions. So they'll come up and say, one, maybe one person will come up and say, are you in the Northern Hemisphere? And the person will answer yes or no, and then you'll narrow it down from there, and they'll, they'll ask the question. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And, and two, that ties right to teaks for us, too. The teachers don't necessarily see that. The kids don't see it. But you're talking about question asking, you have good communication skills, you've got writing going on, you've got geography going on, and there's so much that's incorporated into that mystery Skype. Blast. I'm going to have to share that out with everybody for sure. Well, and so um, I, I'm, I am kind of curious, though. So with the mystery Skypes, I'm assuming these are um, probably folks that the students wouldn't necessarily recognize, or is it sometimes somebody who they might know the name but not the face? Oh, I mean, I'm just so, thinking, you know, if you hop on there with Stephen King, there's a good chance, depending on the age level, they're going to go, oh, well, you're Stephen King. Oh, they wouldn't know that in elementary school. These kids, things they've watched. Well, true. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, you did not really watch that, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine. Teach your own. That's so <laughs> You know, fifth graders. Um, usually, it's with people that they have not necessarily met before but I like that idea though that's really that's a very good idea to do um because we kind of talked about doing that um last year with Native Americans and each classroom took on a different Native American and the other class had to figure out which Native American it was like what type of tribe it was so that's a good idea um but usually it's like out of state or out of country okay cool which is funny that you know your your one of your pieces of advice is to work on your accent, but I'm assuming that somebody from the other country is not working on their accent, right? <laughs> not that's it depends on how much they've mystery skyped. Um, the ah. classroom we worked with was from Mexico, so it was kind of cool because I was working in a bilingual classroom, so they started asking questions in Spanish. 
now I now, but I was like right on <laughs> that's awesome so it's kind of then it confused my kids even more because we were um well we were in Texas but it was a bilingual classroom so they weren't because our district is mostly bilingual so they weren't quite for sure where to go from there sure yeah man that's yeah that's very cool I, uh, I'm like Jeff I like the idea of the mystery Skype too that's very cool Mm-hmm. I did too. I think it's pretty neat. So um, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, kind of the, David had one this in the show notes and I don't know if you guys I've been messing with the audio multi-ability students in classrooms. So what is multi-ability? For me, multi-ability was just, saying, was just students that have various abilities because many of our classrooms, like I taught in a self-contained classroom, but if you look at most of our classrooms these days, you have a high-level learner, you've got the low-level learner, you have the special ed student, you have the regular ed student, you have every possible ability. And I want you to know, my dog is snoring. <laughs> but sorry, I'm just like, I'm like, why is that noise? My dog snoring. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't that was popcorn. That was the dog snoring. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and I taught special ed for so long because I fit right in. It was totally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it, like I said, I and I work with a lot of different teachers, but multi-ability was just saying that all students have some sort of ability, no matter where it might be on the spectrum. So even my classroom of students' abilities, like they were multi-ability because they all had something to offer. A, a large ELL population mm-hmm. in our school district. So we're always weighing that out, you know, with that's, that's a big one for us in testing, in testing. Oh, you know. uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's it. nice to be able to start putting that, uh, that on that when I'm in the principal's meetings, I can start to use multi-ability mm-hmm. and use it in the right way. Um, it, is, uh, it sounds nicer, you know, it does sound a, nicer. I know it's politically correct, but I like it. So, yeah. did you coin that? Sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, please try to add that. Right. that out. Andrea Keller coined multi ability. I'm going to tw- tweet that out right now to the world. So. That's right. And then I get like caught. Put that on the Twitter. Like, then I get sued later. You did not coin that. They said I did. Right, that's right. Yes. Yes, and what we say goes, as, as you can tell. <laughs> so any apps or websites or cloud-based apps that work great for multi-ability? So really anything. I mean, because they're just like, like so with my students, um, our favorite thing to use is the camera. We made a ton. We used to have a little news show, and they did um, using iMovie. But I think that's where we have to get away from, too, is that, oh, this kid has to have that. Now, I'm not saying that certain students do not need certain apps. I am not saying that whatsoever because there are totally legit, fantastic things out there to help with communication skills um, and so much. Like, so as a special teacher, I'm not saying that those apps shouldn't be out there. That's what I'm saying. But I think that we need to offer, give the same opportunity that we give the general education student. We need to give that same opportunity to our multi-ability special education student. So if the general education classrooms connecting classrooms through Skype, then guess what? Your special ed students should be able to have that same opportunity. Is it gonna look the same? Probably not. 
but we need to modify and adapt so they can have that chance. Yeah, I can see that. I, I guess the interesting part would be we most places these days need a technology curriculum coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, they need somebody there to say, okay, these are the apps that you need to use, and this right. is the best way to get this to handle that. And right. most districts do not have that. So it falls on someone like you or like the tech department to go, well, let's, what about this app? I think that would yeah. be, so do you have a list anywhere of stuff that you use? Or um, I'm sure I can find an, an app. And another good place to look is um, anything with assistive technology. Like there's actually assistive technology specialists out there. Um, and those are people that work specifically with um, kiddos that need assistive technology. But I think too, it's it's so interesting that assistive technology can be like overlaying a piece of paper or like um, the colored paper so a student can read better. Well, then we've just modified for that for that student. Um, I said I've, I've got tons of oh I've got so many different. My poor iPad has I think six hundred apps on it just because I. I found one and I, I downloaded it and I tried it and I loved it. Um, my favorite ones, I love the Weather Channel app. And that sounds really silly. But for my students that um, need more visuals, the Weather Channel app usually had, because like I said, I worked with kindergarten through fifth grade. So I had to do lots of different things, but I still wanted them to be able to read the weather. So it has like um, the visual where if it's raining, it's actually raining inside the app. So that was kind of nice. So my, Lower level kids could choose raining, and then my higher level kids could choose what the temperature actually was. So Weather Channel app was one of my favorites. Um, doodle Buddy was another one of my favorites, just because they could actually doodle inside of it. So if I wanted to pass an iPad around, but you know, Doceri is a great one too, um, where they can actually record their their learning. I think I had a my life classroom that I'm working with um, this last week. They took pictures inside Doceri of sight words and then wrote the sight word and then said the sight word so but that's just using the same app though that everybody else was using you know so i think you just have to look at what the iep if the student has an iep and you just have to look at your big overall objective so what what do i what's the meat of this what do i really want to get out of it and then how can i accommodate and modify so all my students can participate in it that's cool i tell you what we're going to take a quick break and uh, listen to a little music this will be from tim goins uh my uh, other group didn't confirm yet, but uh, they will. Um, when we come back, let's look some more. Let's talk some more into the uh, finding the right tech for the right student. I think that's a great conversation. We're uh, talking to Andrea Keller here on radio.edutechguys.com. We'll be right back after this musical interlude. <laughs>
Oh, 20 elementary oh, school. I'm sorry. I meant Holy cow. I can't even. And we're back right now, evidently live from radio.edutechguys.com. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we've had some really weird technology stuff going, uh, issues going on today, but that's okay. Hey, you know, it's far for the course and it's only, it's only live radio. Um, I'm here. I'm David and uh, Jeff is, it's not Jeff. Greg is uh, also uh, live uh, as we're sitting here and we're here with Andrea Keller. Jeff has, he's here, but not here. I don't know. He's like a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see he's what busy. happens. He's busy working on the audio, getting us all switched back over. From yeah, music. You know, it's, it's funny. He's had to serve as being the producer, getting it all together. And he's actually kind of booted himself out of the picture. So that's, <laughs> but, uh, we digress, as we often do. Um, I, I think b before the musical, musical interlude, um, Jeff uh, was wanting you to uh, discuss some of the technology being used. Uh, for multi-ability? Is that where we were going? I cannot remember now. I, it's been longer than three seconds. My attention span went out the window listening to music. I think, I think we were talking about some different apps that um, apps or websites um, that would, are good for multi-ability classrooms. Um, and, I, and I was saying that I think it's important that all students have the same opportunity to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Listening. Cracking me up. I, I love it. <laughs> making me get old. You're going to hear a snort soon, and I apologize now. <laughs> uh, for those of you uh, listening online, what you cannot see is Jeff holding up cue cards to the camera. This is awesome. Sorry to interrupt. That was just crazy. <laughs> um, so it really is, like I said, just having those opportunities. So. Um, a few of my favorite apps I used was the camera because especially with my, um, it's amazing to see what students will take pictures of because oh, yeah. many of them don't necessarily have, well, actually a lot of them have smartphones, um, but it's amazing to see through the eyes of the student because we don't, as teachers, we don't always have that opportunity. So a camera mm -hmm. is a great way for students to reflect on their own life. Um, to, they can record themselves for reflection. Um, I said, I, I, that was one of the first things I gave my students. I had a digital camera. I taught them how to hold it on their wrist. Very important. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> on that, I let them have at it because my students were very good with not, um, with taking good care of my, with taking good care of my stuff. Um, and these are students with multiple abilities, you know. Sure. Sorry, my husband just got home. Um, <laughs> and so uh, a camera was one of my fr our favorite things to use. Just give them a camera, let them take pictures. And they were so good. They learned how to focus it. They learned how to like take really good pictures. Um, and then like we did a whole, a whole sensory thing one time where we we're talking about our senses. And so I told the kids, I said, okay. And like I said, a lot of nonverbal students. So a camera is another great way because it's a, they're nonverbal. So, okay. Show me things that smell or that sound. So I had a student take a picture of a toilet. That's totally right because not only does it not smell, it. but it sounds <laughs> So and so I was able to understand that they totally understood what I was looking for. They understood the whole meaning, and all with just using a camera. So my other favorite apps, like I said, if, if you're working on spelling, there's some really good typing ones. Um, there's 
there's just so much stuff out there. And, and how I find a lot of my different apps and a lot of my different people is actually just going on Twitter and finding people that are like on the sped chat, um, mm -hmm. the sped chat hashtag, because of the people that I wanted to follow and then connect with. So the, I, yeah, I think just really connecting with other people because I sure as heck don't know it all. And I sure as heck also don't have time to figure it all out. Right. So sure. I said the Twitters was, is a great place for me because then I can also springboard back and forth ideas um, that they might be using and that I might be using. Now, one thing I, I do recommend though, um, hold on just a second. I want to mute myself for just a moment. Yeah. And I think that's something that we've actually talked about in the past is how with technology becoming so prevalent and access to information becoming so, so, you know, you can get access to information anywhere about just about anything. It's the fact that as a teacher, you have to be less afraid of, of being shown up in the classroom, of being willing to say, yeah, I don't know, but I'm sure we can find out. Um, right. Because right. I'm, particularly as tech people, we see that all the time where uh, in, in our jobs, uh, we just have to go, okay, I've never seen this error message before. I'll look it up on Google. Uh, and the, just being being willing to use the the technology at hand and not not being afraid to uh, to be a like the source of all knowledge in the classroom. You don't have to fill that role anymore. Where it's where you just you can admit that I don't know. Let's figure it out. Right. Well, and and I think that as we like you said, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but I think that's a key hurdle that a lot of teachers have to learn to overcome is the that of not having the answer immediately at your, you know, in your brain in terms of immediate disposal. Yes, you can Google it or, or you can reach out to Twitter or Facebook or whatever you're using for your PLN, but that um, you still have a lot of folks who that just, it scares the tar out of them that, that they aren't going to know a particular answer to a particular question when they don't even necessarily know what the question is that they're not going to know the answer to in the first place. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. So, I mean, and that gets going in their head so much. Mm. And, and not only that, but then they see all these other ideas like, oh, well, that teacher's doing that and that teacher's doing that. So then they take on, oh, I need to download these 50 apps. Well, that's not good for you because you're not going to know them all. Right. It's not good for the students either because they're not going to know them all either. And that's going to be the whole heyday of not knowing even where to start. So when you do look at anything, I think it's important to see what your real end product is going to be. And I really want my students to work on um, handwriting, then maybe I want to download this certain app. And I really want my kids to work on working together to do math problems, then maybe I want to download this certain app. So there's lots of different things um, that you have to look at as well, is that it's not just about, let's put 50 apps on the iPad for the kids to play with, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, we actually have a term for that we use in the department. We call it, here's an app, where it's, you just start throwing apps at it, and you've got, here's an app, and here's an app, and here's an app, and here's an app, and you have no structure, and you have no overall plan, and you have no no real idea of why use these apps or why use them in conjunction with one another. You're just throwing apps at the problem, and that, especially whenever you first get the tool, and you can get really excited about it, and you just start loading a whole bunch of apps on there, yeah, you can you can hit app overload. Exactly. But there are, right, like, yeah. students, and if you do have students that like are, um, that need the iPad or device as a voice output device, um, like Proliquo to go is, is really great. Um, 
How do you spell that? P R O. Proloquo to go. Proloquo. That's got way too many vowels, consonants, something uh, in there. Uh, yeah. Um. Proloquo. I can't even know. I can't even know. <laughs> we're, all, we're all Googling it now. What? What's that? Proloquo. Okay, there it is. I think that's how you spell it. Um, but there's some other things out there as well. Um, when I worked with my kids on looking at different, um, oh, there's, there's so many, it, it really depends on the student and it really depends on what you're trying to go for. Hey guys, uh, sorry about that. We had a major little glitch there. Um, kind of uh, lost all of our audio and all of our video. And uh, we're currently in the middle of trying to get it back, um, which I don't think I'm going to be able to. Um, we'll see, I guess, if we're lucky. Dan, boy, howdy, I don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah, what, what a mess. Hey, listen, um, sorry about that. We have, we've had some, some definitely uh, weird technology hang-ups. Uh, weird technology hang-ups uh, with all of this good stuff. And um, we will attempt to uh, uh, fix everything. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, um, we'll have to make this up to Andrea Keller. Uh, it was great to have her on the show. We'll put up the podcast in just a bit so that we can make sure that you get to hear the rest of the show, see what's going down. Hopefully I can recover most of this show, and hopefully it's still out there in the great big wide world of, of stuff. I'll try to pull it back up. We'll put it out there as soon as we can. So uh, thanks for listening to radio.edutechguys.com. We'll see you in the funny papers. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. 
But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But B don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.